And now, Father, come, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, that your word would be spoken and your word alone received. For we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Becky, my wife, Becky's here this morning. We just uh, had a short visit up in Pittsburgh, Becky and I, with our son and his wife and their four children, four of our six grandchildren, Ella, who's 13, Thomas is 11, Anna is 9, and Michael is 6. And uh, we hadn't seen them for six or seven months before that, and we were stunned. They had grown, you know, what a surprise, right? But they had, they're all taller, but that wasn't the stunning part of their growth. They had matured remarkably. Michael was five when we saw him last, he's the youngest, and now he was six. And when we left the last time around Christmas, he was still a lap sitter. You know, he, every time I was sitting down, Michael was in my lap, or somebody else was sometimes Grandma Bee's lap. And now, six, seven months later, Michael only sits to do one thing, which is to play chess. And he's studied chess, and he's learned some of the moves, and he's working hard so he can always beat Grandpa. Which, uh, which he did regularly until I stopped uh, playing against him. He's grown. You see the maturity. He's grown. And what a difference. Ella. Ella was 12. Now she's 13, and quickly becoming a young woman. But uh, suddenly, and this started actually a little while earlier, uh, we're all somewhat of an embarrassment to her. You know what I mean, right? Our very existence is an embarrassment uh, to her. But she, I mean, she's a sweet girl, but she's grown up into self-consciousness, and we all hope she'll outgrow it soon. Thomas. Thomas is 11, and he is growing toward manhood. It's remarkable to see him. He, he's taking responsibility for some of the chores. He's helping his mom. And I saw him do this when we were there this trip. First time I'd ever seen him do it. He, he allowed his siblings to win at a game, whatever they were doing, which he normally, he, he can always win, because he's, he's 11, he's 10, he's energetic and good at sports and whatever. Anna, who's nine, and she made a big growth step as well in the last six, seven months, trying to figure out who she is apart from the fact that she's number three in the pecking order. She's individuated, she's becoming her own person. Growth, it's a good thing, right? I mean, physical growth, of course, emotional, spiritual growth, maturity, it's great. And it's fun to watch as a grandparent. I don't have to deal with it when I'm gone. And it's essential, isn't it? I mean, in our experience of the world, yours and mine, if something's alive, it's growing. If it's not growing, it's not alive. And that's because the Lord, the Creator God, wove growth into the fabric of this universe that he created. Growth is part of the universe. In fact, the scientists tell us that the whole universe is growing. It's expanding. It's growing outward. And our minds grow. You know, from they grow physically when we're young, and then even now they're growing. Make more synapses. We can get smarter if we continue to study and, and, and challenge ourselves. And of course, we all know this. Our bodies grow, and they keep growing. We grow up, and then we grow in other directions. Am I the only one here who struggles with that? You know what I'm saying. In the plant kingdom, in the animal kingdom, growth is life, and non-growth is, is death. And so it shouldn't surprise us this morning to see Jesus telling these parables of the kingdom of God growing. The point of, one of the key points of our two parables this morning is that the kingdom of God is a living, growing thing. Now Jesus taught a lot about the kingdom of God, and we could sum it up quickly by saying that the kingdom of God is wherever the rule and reign of God is accepted. Think of it that way. The kingdom of God is where the rule and reign of God is accepted. It exists 
whenever and wherever we, human beings, are submitted to God's authority and rule. It is in us, Jesus says, the kingdom is within us when we are surrendered and obedient to God's will. And if we're not obedient to Christ, not seeking his righteousness, then Jesus says we won't enter the kingdom of God. In fact, we won't even be able to see the kingdom of God. And we enter the kingdom, he says, we have to enter it as little children. We have to be born again. We have to become dependent in our hearts toward God, poor in spirit, no claim of right. You don't enter the kingdom by saying, I belong here. You enter it as little children. And remember he said, and this is, should be convicting for many of us, difficult, very difficult for the wealthy to enter the kingdom. And of course, when we look at ourselves in this country, compared to the 90% of the world or 99% of the world, we're relatively wealthy. We should be concerned with Jesus saying the wealthy are going to have a tough time. Why? Because they're not so likely to be dependent on God. If you're like me, we think more about our IRA and our investments, and we depend on that for our security. And here in the, in, the, in the gospel today, Jesus teaches another great principle of the kingdom of God, which is its growth. Now, I hope we're all in favor of the growth of the kingdom of God. We should be, because it is by definition the place of God's blessing and his favor and his peace. When he's reigning in us and we are dwelling in him in the middle of his will, that's the kingdom of God. And we should want that. It's heaven on earth. It's shalom, peace with God, God's peace. We're the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, you know the, the list. It's where the fruit of the Spirit has room to blossom and flourish in our hearts. And it is also the kingdom of God. Is, its growth is the role of the church. What is our role as the church, the Christian church, the, the Diocese of South Carolina, St. John's Parish? What's our role? To spread the kingdom, to scatter the seeds of the kingdom, and to work for the growth of the kingdom. kingdom if it grows, we're all blessed. And so we need to see how it grows, and that's what Jesus is talking about in these two parables, how the kingdom of God grows. And he says, in short, it grows like seed. It grows like seed. In other words, God gives the growth. How does seed grow into plants? Well, you know, I'm not a biologist, but I know this. Programmed into that seed is its growth. It's the way God designed this universe. It grows. The seed grows into the plant, into the grain, the stalks of grain. It's built into the seed. It's good news. Our efforts don't grow. The kingdom. seed grows because God programmed it to grow. The kingdom grows like the seed, like grain. God gives the growth. We don't grow kingdoms any more than the farmer makes his crop grow from the seed. Jesus says that in the parable. God programs the seed. The farmer goes to bed, he gets up in the morning, he goes to bed that night, he gets up the next morning, and what's going on? The seed is growing. He's not out there saying, grow. The seed is growing. The kingdom is programmed to grow. It's good news. It's just what the kingdom does. And that's what it does in the human heart. It grows. You can't make it grow. You can't deserve it to grow. You can't earn the growth of the kingdom in your heart. It's the parable of the mustard seed. It can start out tiny. The kingdom of God. I used this up here before. You might remember. I'm holding up my fingers and saying, it's just this little thing. We give, we can give the Lord just a little corner of our hearts, a little mustard seed piece of faith. And if we don't let him, he can, he can turn that into the, the mustard plant, which fills the sky with its branches and is, is a great blessing to men. It doesn't just grow, but it grows huge. In fact, if you understand, the parable might be a little scary thing. I give Jesus this little corner of my heart, and he takes over. If you're willing, come back to that. I hope this encourages us. It should encourage us. It's God's grace. It's his unmerited favor. It's unearned and undeserved. We cannot make 
his kingdom grow in our hearts. It's his work and his work alone. But you know how it works in God's, in God's kingdom, in his domain. There's always his part, and then there's always our part, right? There's his part, and there's our part. He always leaves us something to do, and we have something to do here, just like the farmer. The farmer doesn't get crops by doing nothing. The farmer takes off in the spring and the summer and goes to Florida or whatever. He doesn't have crops. He doesn't have growth. He has nothing to grow. Same if you do a garden. If you do nothing, you don't have a garden, or not pretty soon anyway. And so we don't just scatter seed. Jesus begins the parable that way. The farmer scatters the seed. That's our first step, scattering the seed, inviting the Lord, inviting that mustard seed to get planted in our heart. And then God gives the growth, but we have ways to cooperate with the growth in our heart. We can help the growth process. We don't get the growth, we don't make the growth, we don't earn the growth, but we can help it. We can help the growth habit, the growth to happen. And how do we do that? By developing heart attitudes, developing habits of the heart that help the growth of the kingdom in us. One of those habits is the internalization of God's word. Why do we spend so much time on the scripture? Many of us study it, meditate on it. Some of us are memorizing scripture. Why do we do that? Because it changes our hearts. It, it fertilizes. It makes room for the growth of the kingdom of God within us. We can water the, the, the plant that's growing in us, the kingdom of God. I would suggest praying and asking the Lord for a fresh anointing of his Holy Spirit. It's his spirit that breaks up the ground in our heart, rough, rocky places, so that the kingdom of God can thrive and flourish. We can root out the weeds. We can root out the weeds, those unholy, unhelpful things in our lives. Am I speaking to the right people? Uh, am I the only one? I think we're adults, right? We understand that in our hearts we have some stuff that really isn't conducive to the growth of the kingdom of God. And we can work on uprooting those things by the grace of God and the power of the Spirit. You see, the, the problem with the growth of the kingdom in our, in our hearts is that it is not the only thing that grows in the human heart. Something else grows in our hearts alongside the kingdom of God. In a word, sin. I'm uh, sorry, this is the Episcopal Church, and you're not maybe used to hearing that one, but that's, that's <laughs> sin. By sin, I mean rebellion against God, running our own lives. We're good at it, right? It, that grows. The sense of independence and, and uh, independence from God, self-sufficiency, self-reliance, pride, these things grow. That's, you can see that in our Old Testament lesson this morning, this reading from Ezekiel. God is speaking here to Egypt, the nation of Egypt, which at the time was the premier nation in the, in the known world, the West, the, at least in the, in the Middle East. It was the nation. But God is speaking through Ezekiel to Egypt. He, and he's saying to them, look, I made you what you are. God is sovereign over the nations. He made them rich in assets and in power and it was all God's blessing. And now, and now they're towering over the other nations and frankly, they're lording it over the other nations. And God says here to Egypt, you know what, folks? You're just like the Assyrians. You remember the Assyrians, you know, 100 years ago, 150 years ago? You remember the Assyrians? They were like you. They were just like you. I made them great. I raised them up. I gave them power and authority. I blessed them with all kinds of blessings. And you know what? They, they didn't acknowledge me. They took credit for all of that themselves. They were proud, not thankful. They were not submitted to me. There was no kingdom of God growing there. So guess what? I ruined them. I sent the Babylonians, the terrible Babylonians, down from the north, and they, they took out the Assyrians. And it's not in our reading this morning, but the next line you can guess. Egypt, I'm going to do the same to you. Sin grows. It supplants our relationship with God and our dependence on God, and God will not tolerate it in the end. Summing up my point this morning, if you 
remember only one thing about this message. Remember this. You and I are growing. We are growing. And we're either growing into the things of the kingdom of God within us or we're growing in sin. Growth happens. It's built in. The only question is what's growing in us? And frankly, the answer to that is what's growing in us is what we're feeding. Remember Jesus said if you feed, if you, if you feed from the sinful nature, we reap destruction. If we feed the things of God's kingdom in our lives and the Holy Spirit within us, we reap eternal life. God gives the growth that we can either work with him to foster that growth, developing habits of worship and Bible study and small group time, prayer, Christian service, those those habits which foster the growth of the kingdom, or we can do nothing and we will grow in the opposite direction. Sin will grow. Pride and arrogance and ingratitude. What are we growing today? What are you growing? You're growing. The question is in what? I'll leave you with the final question. Will we? Will you? Will I? Cooperate with the work that the Lord wants to do within us. Grow his kingdom. Will we submit to it? Will we welcome? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Will we embrace it? Surrender to his work in our hearts. Pray that we will. He will transform me, you, St. John, and this diocese into great scatterers of seed, great planters of the kingdom for all the Lord. Pray with you, Lord. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the good news. Lord, the growth of the kingdom. Let us be those who cooperate, who seek its growth in us and in the world around Christ's name. Amen. Amen.